Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Magic in the Moon podcast. As always, I'm your host, David. And this week, I want to talk to you all about talking to the gods. Um, This is certainly a topic that's been touched on uh, quite a bit in different ways on this show. Um, We've talked about you know, being called by the gods and what that means and what that can entail, how to set boundaries with spirits, things like that. Um, but how do you know if the gods are talking to you? This is something I get asked a lot. Um, and this is something that I think we need to have a fairly nuanced conversation about, especially with things like witch talk and like Reddit and things where there's a lot of people sharing these very like, tactile experiences of gods physically manifesting in their bedrooms and speaking to them. And I'm not saying those things don't happen or can't happen. Um, That certainly not happened to me, but I think it's worth taking things with a grain of salt, especially from people that we don't know personally in real life to be trustworthy. And also we don't need to compare our experiences to other people. Um, We don't all experience divinity in the same way we don't all engage with our spiritualities the same way um and this idea of god's talking to you that's something that i really struggled with when i was a beginner um in devotional spaces as well as just kind of witchcraft spaces generally and it's really common to hear like extraordinary stories about people experiencing the gods and things and i have been around long enough now to kind of I've heard a lot of these conversations. I've sat next to elders of traditions. I've sat next to newcomers and you just hear these long tales of, and that's when the goddess came to me or something like that. And everyone's wide eyed. And maybe someone says that's beautiful or something like that. Sometimes these stories that we hear are maybe a little bit more explicit and sensory, like, the Lord made an appearance in the circle last night, or I could see uh, Freya standing right in front of me in the ritual, or I can hear the spirits when I walk through the forest or whatever. Um, And we hear stories like this a lot. We hear them on social media. We hear them in, in person, you know, real life pagan events. People are making claims of seeing and hearing and speaking directly with gods and with spirits. And this can be really intimidating, especially if you're a newcomer, because sometimes if you're not having experiences that sound like what people are describing, you can wonder maybe if you're doing something wrong. And like, I know I didn't have experiences like that. Um, Certainly not when I was a beginner. And even now, um, when I've been in this for several years, it's still not like a common thing. Um, You know, I think there are times where I can subtly feel a change in energy or I can sense the presence of something, or maybe I'll feel inspired by a God or something, but you know, I could count on one hand, a very short list of times. And I've had just these life changing, you know, awe inspiring, crazy, tangible moments like that. But I think with the way social media works, especially on the pagan and witchy side of the internet, I think it can be very easy to, assume that these things happen to everyone constantly. Um, Also, if if you're a person that maybe tends to speak in a way that's very literal, 
rather than poetic or figuratively, um, it can be hard to understand when people are explaining these things. So I tend to be the quiet person at the ritual. I, I kind of enjoy watching other people. Um, so when people would say that they had like a really profound experience, or they would claim direct contact with something I didn't always really understand. Um, I grew up in a very religious home, but it was not like that. It was very Christian. It was very specific. The things that were allowed and the types of experiences people claimed to have in church were very, very similar because there's not much you can do without getting out of bounds of what was acceptable um, within the type of Christianity that I grew up with. So I had this, you know, childhood baggage from my Christianity, but at least there was somewhat of a framework and a vocabulary that served as a foundation for like a spiritual experience. Um, and even though it was different on the pagan side of things, I was still familiar at least conceptually with like personal relationship with the deity. Um, and we've talked before on magic in the moon about how you don't have to have a personal friendship with gods. So when I didn't have this, these experiences that people were talking about, I wondered if something was wrong with me, if maybe my magic didn't work or maybe the gods didn't care about my devotion. Um, I had little bits and pieces of things and hints that kind of pushed me onwards, but I kind of struggled with this deep sense that something was like missing. And I didn't always relate when people would say that they saw a spirit or they spoke to the gods. And that's changed over time as I've kind of had my own experiences with things. And I think that is also part of it too, as you can't come into this as a beginner and expect that just all this crazy stuff can happen to you immediately. Um, because things will unfold for you over time. But with that being said, having been in kind of the, the pagan community for a longer time now, here is what I've learned. First, part of what we're doing is art. We don't have a good language for a lot of these experiences that we have. So people speak poetically, they speak figuratively, they speak in metaphors. So sometimes people are being literal and I'm not here to tell you that there are not people out there who can physically see entities before them. Um, that has happened to me sometimes. I will not say it's often, but basically you do you. However, I do think most people are not being literal because oftentimes when you ask them to elaborate, they'll talk about other kinds of kind of metaphysical sensory experience. They'll describe the mind's eye a dream, an intuition, like an internal sense of knowing something. They'll hear a voice inside. They'll have a gut feeling. And you'll also notice that meaning often develops with the retelling of the stories. So in the same way that Christians engage in like testimonies to kind of reinforce their experience of divinity, pagans tell their own stories too, over and over. Um, so if you go to the local like pagan meetup and you hear very similar stories from people after a few months, you will see some patterns. Um, you'll see some developments in the building of a story. And it's not because they're lying. It's because the narrative itself is sacred and is holy. We are performing and creating meaning in the telling of our stories. So sometimes the meaning is revealed after something happens. 
Um, and that's okay. That doesn't mean it's any less significant than something that you, you know, immediately understand. Because one of the strangest paradoxes in magic is that something doesn't have to physically happen for it to be true. And all of the above that I've mentioned are no less communications from spirits or gods or whatever, what have you. And that brings me to my next point. Oftentimes, gods and spirits and things, they do not communicate with fireworks and big flashy things. And I think one of the difficult things about witchcraft in particular is learning to be quiet, learning to observe patterns, learning to appreciate subtlety. And it's kind of like how when people refer to like wine or coffee uh, or beer even sometimes, and they say it's an acquired taste that you have to develop the palate to distinguish flavors and subtleties um, or learning to hear different instruments and music or to distinguish harmonies. Um, discerning those signs requires attention. And if you're only ever looking for something extravagant and large and loud, you're going to miss the subtleties that are actually happening and the softer messages that maybe you're already experiencing but don't realize yet. And sometimes messages come in unexpected places. You know, maybe you're waiting for a deity to show up in a ritual. Maybe they're giving you a sign and something else. Um, it's really, it's really funny because, um, I'm not going to like super elaborate on like my personal theologies right now, just because I've done that a bunch already. Uh, and also it's not really what the episode's about, but, um, for those that have been listening for a little bit now, you'll know that like, I personally have a syncretization with Mary, the mother of Jesus as being a lunar goddess. So, I can do rituals and petitions and things and I might, you know, get frustrated and think like, oh, well, like the goddess is, isn't coming through. I'm not seeing her. I'm not feeling her or whatever. But then I might leave my house and see something referencing Mary that I wouldn't expect to see. And I'm not going to talk about signs and how to determine something's a sign because that topic's been beat to death. But um, in short, if something is usually like some sort of spiritual message, it's not going to be like super, super obvious. So like if you like for me, for example, I couldn't be like, oh, give me a sign that I walk into my bedroom where I have a bunch of stuff with Mary on it. Like, oh, Mary's here. It's a sign. No, it's not. <laughs> they're just there because they're objects that I own. But um, I one time had done um, an invocation, a ritual to this this lunar deity that I syncretized with Mary and uh, wasn't really getting the results or the experience that I wanted or was expecting. So I wasn't like super bummed out. I was just kind of like, oh, like, that wasn't really like what I thought it would be. And then later on, um, I sat on something uncomfortable and I was like, oh, ouch, like what was that? And it was a little tiny like statuette of Mary from like a nativity piece. And it's like, okay, well, it's June. So it's not like, my family had put out Christmas decorations or something. So it's just, it was that odd little synchronicity. It wasn't large. It wasn't grandiose. It wasn't like a, a mind blowing spiritual experience that changed how I view the universe. It was just that subtle thing, a tiny little misplaced Christmas decoration that was her showing me that she was there and that she had seen and that she had listened. So 
things like this are meaningful to the individual because you've spent time building meaning around certain symbols, particular words appearing by chance, corresponding images that are going on. Because to anyone else, they might have just been like, oh, that's weird, a Christmas decoration, and it wouldn't have been anything that mattered that much. And that's why a lot of the time you'll hear people say that like you can't really have other people decide for you if something was a sign or not, because they're going to have a specific meaning to you. Maybe it's that unusual bird that's perched on the fence. Maybe there's a song that comes on the radio that you were just thinking about. Maybe you opened a book to an exact page that spoke to something that you were wondering. Um, that dream you had when you dozed off on the TV, on the TV, watching TV. So these things don't feel magical, quote, sometimes, especially, I think, to beginners. And they can even be, you know, disappointing to people that have been around the block a little while, like myself. We all want the shebang and the loudness and the extravagance and just the in-your-face, very obvious spiritual encounters. And those things happen. They absolutely do. But we can miss out on so much when we tell ourselves that only the over-the-top things matter. Look for signs in the subtlety. Look for smaller things. And sometimes even if you just stop actively looking and trying so, so hard to have an experience, you can have an experience. (laughs) So um, that's my take on that. I think it's interesting hearing different people's stories of kind of their encounters with the divine and how they think of those things and conceptualize those things. But big takeaway here is also just like your experiences are your own. They're not anyone else's. You don't have to compare them to anyone else's. And I think we need to maybe not try so hard to have massive life-changing encounters all the time. Um, I think that would be wise. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit here because we still have quite a bit of time left. But um, something else that I would like to talk about. And it's not something I've never brought up here before, but I will say it's, this is not something I've given like a whole lot of attention to. Um, this is going to be about... I guess, social media um, and kind of the relationship of the witchcraft and pagan communities to social media, because while I appreciate social media as a tool and it's a great way to find information in a really accessible way, it's a great way to network with people that are like-minded because obviously before the internet, you were very much limited to where you geographically were. So if you happen to live in an area that didn't have a large like pagan presence, you were kind of just screwed. You were kind of just on your own. So now the internet has made the world smaller in that sense where you can be corresponding with people that don't live where you live and you can have fellowship and pagan community with people that don't necessarily live close to you. The downside of social media, um, there is so much misinformation. There is so much misinformation. Um, I mean, it's just, it is just so 
insane <laughs> and alarming uh, the amount of misinformation that is on social media about witchcraft and about paganism. So let's talk about some ways that we can use social media in a positive way and how we can kind of navigate the sea of information and discern what is good, reliable information and what is not. So first thing about that is do not rely too much on the personal experiences of other people, other pagans, other witches, other magical practitioners, whatever, what have you. Um, personal experiences are great. They're meaningful. Uh, I think more often than not, they're meaningful for the individual, not necessarily for everyone. And something that I admire a lot that a teacher uh, in my tradition shared with me was that social media is great for transparency. It's about sharing things of, about your life. It's a great way to kind of be open about what's going on at any particular time. But witchcraft in particular is not really meant to be transparent. Witchcraft is in the shadows. Witchcraft is liminal. It's between the worlds. It's not really meant to be out in the open and advertised and shouted from the rooftops. And obviously you can talk about it. I do that <laughs> on here. Uh, but that's just to say that not every magical thing that happens to you, not every spiritual experience, not every encounter with the divine is meant to be shared. Sometimes it's just for you and that's okay. Um, I think that's important to acknowledge. I think also the reason there's so much misinformation on the witchy internet is because people want to feel important and paganism and witchcraft they are not hierarchically organized the way that Christianity is, where there's pastors that have very clear and defined roles and they're in charge of congregations. Or if you get into more, you know, like traditional high church stuff, you don't have priests and bishops and cardinals and popes where there's a very clear line of authority and who is in charge of whom. Paganism does not have that. It's a very decentralized. It's very unorganized. It's very much up to individuals uh, and sometimes depending on if it's like a tradition, then there's some organization and structure within covens, but even then covens are usually just kind of autonomous unto themselves. Um, so people to fill that void, I think sometimes want to make themselves appear more knowledgeable and more authoritative than they are. And I think sometimes with good intentions that, makes people very confident to share things that maybe are not correct sources of information because they want to be seen as an authority. They want to be seen as someone that has influence in the community. And that's not to say that leaders are always horrible and can't be trusted because I think you just have to have that discernment of, is this a leader or a voice that has taken prominence because they have the credentials? Like they have perhaps practicing for a very long time um, they're known to be trustworthy by the community, so they're given that platform. They've earned it in that sense. Or is it just this person has a lot of social media followers and they can get away with saying things that are misinformation without consequences because you're going to get chewed out in the comments if you disagree. Um, and that's why I don't really spend much time on like witch talk and things because there's a lot of people that don't know what they're talking about that scream really loudly 
and the people that try to correct them or try to give correct information and educate are oftentimes just shouted down and it's just a stressful gross place so it's good to remember that not everyone claiming they know things actually knows things people are people even like big name pagan people are still just humans. They're just as capable of making mistakes and getting things wrong as anyone else is. They're no more connected to the gods than you or I or anyone else. And be discerning. If someone says something, check it out. Fact check. If you have the opportunity, ask for their sources. Um, you know, I try to include sources here in the episode description. Sometimes it's not relevant. Sometimes I just give my opinions, but I'd like to think that I... I make it clear when I'm just giving my personal take on something versus when I'm educating. And um, need to remember too that not everything that happens needs to be shared necessarily. Don't compare your spiritual experiences, your spiritual journey with someone else because they're not the same because they're not meant to be the same. If your journey was supposed to be exactly the same as another person's, then you would just be them, but you're not. You're you. Um, we are all unique individuals. We are all encountering the divine in our own unique ways and ways that we are meant to. And if you are looking for people that are teaching you that are claiming to have authority or to have knowledge, then don't just blindly follow things that they say. Um, especially if it's just because, you know, they have a large social media following and not, not much else behind that. So, um, I hope this helps. I hope you learned a little bit about some things. I hope that you got some good takeaways. As always, I would love to hear from you guys. You can reach me uh, by email at magicandthemoonpodcast at gmail.com. That's M-A-G-I-C-K-A-N-D-T-H-E-M-O-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, all one word, no spaces, uh, at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Instagram. I would love to hear from you guys. Um, just about your feedback, your comments, concerns, questions, and things, even just things maybe you would like to see talked about on the show. And you can follow me on Instagram at magic, M-A-G-I-C-K underscore and underscore the underscore moon on Instagram. But that's all I have for you guys this time, and I will see you next week. <laughs>